brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey! This is episode number 73 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal! The podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your boy, Lira. Coming at you straight out of the closet with a couple stories at cemeteries. It's going to be spooky. Not really. No ghosts or anything here. But there will be some creepy behavior. That is for show. I recently received a review that I enjoyed. Since I hit over 1,000, I'm not really pushing for these anymore. But I do still read them all and appreciate the hell out of anyone who goes out of their way to hook your boy up with a five star. And this one from Aphistanibios, nailed it, really stood out, so I'm going to read it. It's titled, An Issue. I'm sick of being crammed into this goddamn minivan with all the other listeners. The smell of B.O. and pickles is overwhelming. Norma keeps asking if I want to see her nudes, and she won't listen when I tell her no. Which is weird, because we're all known as listeners. But you know what? I'm going to keep getting into the minivan every single day time. I love hearing new episodes and Leroy has the voice of an angel with an amazing skill of doing accents perfectly. Why thank you, Aphistaniabios, or whatever your name is. Uh, Some people would disagree with you about the accents, myself being one of them, but hey, it's fun and that's what this podcast is all about. And I do apologize for the B.O. and pickle smells. I consume a lot of Big Macs in the minivan and the AC has been on the fritz as of late. Need to get a sponsorship from one of them all-natural deodorant companies I'm always hearing about. As for Norma, sorry, I can't control her. She is a wild beast. But as she stated before, she doesn't look a day over 65. Doesn't look a day under it either, but she's a beautiful lady inside and out. So quit complaining. You could have worse problems, my friend. Alright, let's get a couple of cheesy graveyard jokes in. Here compliments of upjoke.com, then move on with the show. So a man walks into a bar at a graveyard. Can I get a beer? He asks as he sits down on a stool. I'm sorry, replies the bartender. We only serve spirits here. (laughs) Oh dear. Seriously though, in my experience, graveyards are actually great places to get laid. Yeah, it's true. Especially if you have a shovel 
and a can-do attitude. Alright everybody, hop in the minivan and let's cruise these suburban streets as I serenade you with a couple tales of low-level true crime. And don't worry my friends, I promise to get you back home nice and early. Unless of course you want to stay at one of these cemeteries. They are quite popular. I mean, people are dying to get into them. Episode number 73, Grave Errors. Cemeteries are creepy. There's no denying it. Don't think I want to be buried in one for all of eternity. Just cremate me and spread my ashes at the local 7-Eleven for all I care. Dump me right in the Slurpee machine. That would be cool, to chill in there. Graveyards can be badass, though. There was one myself and a couple of buddies would visit on occasion. It was supposedly haunted, very old. Lots of children buried there, which was sad. A lot of them from the 1800s, too. We would read their names off the tombstones and make up our own theories as to how they passed away. Kind of morbid. But I enjoyed visiting there, and I'm of the belief that as long as people are still thinking of you, you're never truly gone. We'd go there at night under the light of a full moon. Nothing strange ever happened on our visits to the graveyard, which was probably a good thing. Not sure what I was hoping would happen. But it was always pretty uneventful, and definitely tame in comparison to the stories I have for you today. Okay, our first story takes place in Inez, Kentucky. Inez is the county seat of Martin County. Martin County is pretty small itself, with a population of around 13,000 people. But Inez is really tiny. There were 717 people living there back in 2010, according to the census. Maybe about 900 now. Small towns like this are hard to get a read on. Crime statistics aren't accurate. It's tough. I went to Niche.com, though, where four current residents reviewed their hometown. So let's hear straight from their pretty little mouths. The first one is a five-star, quote, I love my hometown. We're growing and bringing more things to the community every day. I hope to see more jobs come to the area. I also think we should focus on tourism because people love our mountains and our heritage. Nice. The next one is a one-star. Inez, Kentucky. Wow, this guy's got the same voice as the other one. Inez, Kentucky is a small town with a huge list of problems. One problem among many, our water infrastructure is at its very low, which has caused a lot of the county to live without water, or with water that is extremely unhealthy to drink, bathe, and cook with. End quote. Yikes. Someone's got to tell this guy he can't drink, bathe, and cook with the same water. I'm imagining him sitting in the bathtub boiling some hot dogs in there. <laughs> Can you imagine? Anywho, 
Let's travel back to July 30th of 2017. It is a Sunday afternoon, and we are at Stacy's Cemetery over in Inez, Kentucky. The caretaker there makes a gruesome discovery. One of the grave sites has been dug up, unearthed, so to speak. I'm unsure whether or not the caretaker came across this themselves or were told by someone visiting a loved one. You got to understand this is a very small cemetery and it's out there almost right in the woods, very secluded. I noticed this through pictures of the confused family members gathered around the gravesite during an interview. It's located back in the corner, trees all around, so this may have gone unnoticed for a few days. It doesn't seem like it's tended to every day, is what I'm getting at. The grave belongs to Emily Howard, born May 30th, 1940, and she unfortunately passed away November 9th, 2002, at the age of 62. So this is 15 years after she's been put to rest that the family receives a phone call. Imagine getting that call that your mother or sister or cousin or whatever, that their coffin has been disturbed, or they're just trying to rest in peace. The family, understandably, is all shook up, hurt and confused as to why anyone would do such a thing. Thankfully, the coffin was unopened. Emily was undisturbed, so they could at least take comfort in that, knowing that her body wasn't taken or taken advantage of. This wasn't an Ed Gein situation. Some creep didn't take her away and... uh put her nipples on a belt or anything. This was definitely the work of an amateur. The staff at a nearby funeral home took care of the situation, reburied Emily, put all the dirt back, laid down some fresh grass and all that, free of charge. So that was nice. It was as if nothing happened, but something did happen. And word travels fast in these small towns. A couple days later, police get a lead from an anonymous tipster. And on Tuesday, August 1st at 1 a.m., friends... T.J. Luster and James Howard are brought in for questioning. 1 a.m. seems like a strange time to bring these guys in. Couldn't wait till the morning? 9 a.m. after they'd had breakfast or something? I mean, what if it was a false tip and these gentlemen were innocent? They're not. They're both guilty as hell. But what if they weren't? That would have been a major inconvenience. Uh, no officers. I didn't dig up some lady's grave. I gotta go back to bed. I got work in the morning. <laughs> know what I mean? Anyway... Like I said, police had the right men, and they confessed almost immediately. 26-year-old T.J. Luster was quick to spill the tea, and he was arrested. It's kind of strange, T.J. is spelled T-E-A-J-A-Y. Never seen that before. His wife, Jennifer Luster, was later arrested as well, being an accomplice. The 35-year-old lady, turns out, is just as goofy as her husband. Usually the lady is the more responsible one in the relationship talking the husband out of bad ideas. At least that's my experience. So kind of cool to see that she's on the same level as her man. Girls can have fun too, you know? They're allowed to let their hair down and make some mistakes. Uh, where are we here? Oh, uh, their buddy, 33-year-old James Howard, was also arrested. James Howard, this guy. Here's where it gets weird. Notice how he shares the same last name as our victim, Emily Howard? Well, that's no dink, because he is her grandson. Yep. James was attempting to dig up his grandma. Pardon my French, but that's fucked up. Police would find out that the trio were all high as hell and strapped for cash. So James comes up with this brilliant idea to dig up Granny. Hey man, I think my grandma was buried with like a bunch of jewelry or something. So let's go dig up her corpse and pawn that shit. We could probably get like a couple hundred bucks or something. That's not a direct quote. 
Just what I assume he said to TJ and his wife to convince them to take part in these shenanigans. Unbelievable. When the rest of the family found out the culprits had been caught, they were relieved. Then that relief turned to shock. Here's a quote from George Jude. He's married to James's cousin. So he would be Emily's grandson-in-law, if that's a thing. Quote, It hurt the family very, very much. They really weren't expecting it to be part of the family that did it. End quote. No doubt. James's father, Oda Howard, this must have been especially hard on him. When asked about the situation, he goes, He needs to get his issues straightened out. That's your family. Nobody wants to come up here for that. Nobody should have to. End quote. Try to put yourself in Oda's shoes here. It's weird. Your mom passes away, then 15 years later, her gravesite has been dug up. Then you find out your son was the one who did it. So disrespectful. And he did it because he was trying to steal some of grandma's jewelry for drug money. Unreal. Like, why don't you just find an old lady walking down the street and steal her purse? That'd be way easier. And more admirable. I could get behind that idea. Let's hear another quote from grandson-in-law George Jude, because he brings up a great point. Quote, The only thing in her coffin when they buried her was a porcelain doll and six pictures. Even if she had a ring or two on her, it wouldn't have been worth going through all the trouble to dig it up. They put in a whole lot of work over nothing. End quote. So she didn't even have any jewelry on her. This was all based on a hunch of James that she was probably buried with valuables. You assume he was probably at her funeral. Um, doing the math, he would have been 18 at the time. Oh, well. Uh, they could have dug up some stranger's body instead, really. Not to mention that this is a lot of work, digging up a body, then having to pawn whatever jewelry you come up with. It's just not a very well-thought-out plan. I always thought people were buried six feet under. But seeing Emily's gravesite, it looked like her coffin was more like two feet under. Maybe three tops. Even with her not being that far underground, these guys couldn't get the job done. Either they had second thoughts about what they were doing, or they just couldn't get the damn thing unlocked. And instead of attempting to clean up the scene before they left, they just bailed and left everything as it was. Very sloppy. Let's get a final quote from grandson-in-law George, because this guy is spouting some knowledge, and he genuinely wants his cousin-in-law James to turn his life around. Quote, we're just praying through this that he'll get help. The family talked about it. Drugs are just another tool the devil uses to lure people in. They'll do anything. They had to be in a bad mindset. Anybody in their right mind, I don't think, would have been up there digging out a grave. They put in a lot of work. It's crazy. End quote. Crazy indeed. The trio were all charged with violating a grave. Let's check out the Daily Mail comment section. It's always filled with nuggets of wisdom from concerned citizens. Pack NW from Portland says, I don't care if they were on drugs. They chose their path in life, and if robbing your grandmother's grave in hopes to steal jewelry sounds like a plan, then these dudes are beyond repulsive and are unfit to roam free. Okay. A few people also commented that TJ and Jason look similar, which they kind of do. A dude from Dallas said, They are definitely related. They look like brothers. End quote. Looking at their mugshots, there are similarities. Their noses and eyebrows are identical. And for some reason, they're both tilting their heads to the left, like a confused dog. It's weird. Keep in mind, this is a small town Kentucky we're in here. 
So whether they know it or not, these schmucks more than likely share some DNA. The whole town is probably related in one way or another. <laughs> Sorry, I'm kind of shitting on Kentucky. I actually visited there um, not too long ago uh, when we were going when my family was going to Florida, and uh, I like Kentucky actually. It's pretty cool, and the people were all surprisingly normal, except for there was a couple backwoods type people. But hey, you get that everywhere, right? Okay, what do you say we check out another story? And for this one, we are headed to Australia, mates. There's that perfect accent everyone's raving about. So yeah, Australia, specifically Aldgate, which is a small village. It is a suburb of Adelaide, about 13 miles southeast of the Adelaide Hills. We're just going to get right into it and enter the Stirling District Cemetery. This one appears to be much larger than the one we just left in Kentucky. Sterling District Cemetery has one Google review, and it's a five-star left by Ghostly Findings Paranormal. They say, A very informative cemetery to visit with some great information boards about significant people buried within. It's worth a walk through. End quote. Sounds like this is a well-maintained cemetery. Anywho, it's November of 2020, and police have received at least two recent complaints from women who saw an elderly man strolling around the cemetery naked. And he was, well, let's just say the corpses weren't the only things that were stiff over there. Yeah, he was pleasuring himself. Apparently he likes an audience. He's a showman, even if it's in front of a dead crowd. Uh, this one thing, there, there was a wall of urns and... That's where one of the witnesses said the old man draped his clothing, which I find extremely disrespectful. Plain clothes officers, along with the dog squad, scoped out the scene, and it didn't take them long before they busted the old nut, before he busted a nut. Got him before he spilled his gravy in the graveyard. And this is hilarious. They caught him masturbating, but this dude was a little kinky. I mean, besides the obvious graveyard thing. He was getting off with the assistance of an electric toothbrush. <laughs> Unfortunately, they didn't go into detail on what he was doing with the brush. I can only assume he had it up his ass, or maybe just tickling his taint, or something like that. I don't have an electric toothbrush, but for those of you listening that do, hey, try that out for me, would you? I'd love to hear the results. Sounds very intriguing. Just don't put it in your mouth after. Surely that would cause some type of gum disease. The heads on those toothbrushes are replaceable, I believe. Just label them appropriately, and you should be good to go. Anyway, who was this senior citizen sexual deviant, you ask? It was 67-year-old Raymond James Stratford. We'll call him RJS, because it sounds cool. There's a picture of him with a creepy smile on his face, just staring into the camera. It's a close-up. Really weird. His head is completely bald, at least the one on his shoulders. He doesn't even really have eyebrows. Oh, he does have a tightly groomed goatee, though, so not completely bald. And you can see bristly white chest hair poking out the top of his shirt. Speaking of bristles, let's get back to the toothbrush here. Police prosecutor Rebecca Simmons would later say in court, quote, Police located the electric toothbrush lying on the ground near to where the defendant was arrested. End quote. I can just picture it vibrating on the grass. Hilarious. RJS picked up this strange hobby of spanking it at the cemetery. He told his lawyer, Sarah Bamford, that he went to the graveyard to perform the sex act simply because it was out in the open, and he doesn't live that far from it. 
a compelling argument. Bamford added, quote, That was what was going through his head at the time. It was purely being out in the wilderness. There was shrubbery and woods in that cemetery, and that is my instructions on why you went there. End quote. Well, we do know there was wood out there, and a lot of bush too. Green ones and gray ones, apparently. Magistrate Lynette Duncan didn't appreciate RJS's reasoning. Some might say she was hard on him. She said, quote, Cemeteries, for obvious reasons, are places dedicated to the memory of loved ones who have passed away. They are places of grief and respect, and people who attend cemeteries are often there at times of sadness to reflect on the memories of people that they've lost, end quote. I agree. And you don't want some wrinkled zombie roaming around your loved one's final resting place. RJS pled guilty to one count of indecent behavior and two counts of committing a grossly indecent act. Grossly indeed. RJS's lawyer, Sarah Bamford, added that he has an impulse control disorder and is on a waiting list to see a psychologist. While RJS promised to never do it again, it wasn't enough to save him from punishment as Magistrate Duncan sentenced him to 72 days in jail, 18 months probation, he had to pay a $500 fine and agree to go to rehab and get some counseling. A fair punishment, I must say. Stroke it in your house like the rest of us, you old creep. 90 people in the Daily Mail comment section. Let's see what's cooking in there. Livid2015 goes, When asked about the offense, he bristled. <laughs> nice one. Uh, Listen Honey says, A man, a toothbrush, and a cemetery. Coming this spring to a theater near you. Sign me up. That would be spectacular. I'm picturing Liam Neeson, maybe Michael Caine starring as RJS. This is why I fear getting old. Maybe this guy was a lifelong perv and now he's getting sloppy in his old age. Or maybe his mind is going to mush. Either way, I hope he gets the help he needs. Let's hope for his sake he stays away from the cemetery altogether. It would be unfortunate for him to have another brush with the law. But you know, it would be kind of fitting if you went there for one last hurrah and ended up passing away while having a stroke. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And we are back. That's a wrap on episode number 73, Grave Errors. Hope you enjoyed this spooky offering. I can surely dig up some creepier stories from cemeteries, and I will someday. It's definitely not our last dance with the dead. As always, I want to thank Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for providing that sweet, sweet theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. Ah, oh, what time is it here? Let me just check my watch. Oh, what do you know? It's listener confession time, baby! So let's get criminal, criminal, I wanna get criminal. This confession comes from a fella who wishes to remain anonymous. He goes, Okay, I have a story from my days in high school in the mid to late 90s in a school out in the country. 
Oh, okay, let me get my country voice here. In 10th grade, ting. Nah, I can't do it. In 10th and 11th grade, I spent half the day in the high school, then the other half at VO Tech for culinary arts. Well, back then, I was one of them homeboy kind of guys. A few of my friends and I would carry small diameter steel rods about six to eight inches long in our pockets and use them to snap locks off lockers to steal anything we could. I know it was horrible, but that's what we did. Well, the culinary school fell victim to this theft ring by me recruiting people from other schools to come in and steal and bring whatever goods they took back to me. And I would lock it up for a while, then take it back to my school and resell it. They would get a cut of the profits, and I'd keep the rest. I don't know if this is a story that you would use, but I thought I would tell it. Thanks for the podcast. I really enjoy it. Aw, thanks, my anonymous friend. And I can see why you'd like to keep your identity a secret. That's some gangster shit you guys were up to back in the late 90s. And I'm sure now as an adult, you've turned it around and are a fine, upstanding citizen. You know what? We'll just say you were a young entrepreneur. That makes it sound better. A businessman. And business was booming. I've heard those school locks are pretty easy to get into. Didn't know they were that easy. Probably takes a bit of strength, though. Now I'm curious to see if I could even do it. You still got any of them little metal rods lying around? This culinary school sounds intriguing. I wonder what people had in their lockers there. You guys were probably stealing a bunch of spatulas, huh? Yeah, you could probably make some pretty good money off that stuff. Anyways, thanks for writing in, sir. Excuse me, that's illegal at gmail.com is the email. Write in or send me a recording and you could get your story played on the air. Okay, here's my usual spiel. Come support me on Patreon and get some bonus content for the price of a Big Mac a month. There's the PayPal as well. Gas money is always appreciated. Links to all that good stuff are located in the show notes. Geez, I always feel like I sound desperate saying that, but I gotta do it. Shit, I might as well do this podcast in front of a liquor store holding a coffee cup out asking for spare change. That'd be kind of cool, actually. Anyway, what else we got? Oh yeah, so I'm going to be doing a two-year anniversary episode. You guys can ask me some questions, hit me up by email, or DM me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The streets, wherever you see me. Nothing's off limits, personal questions, podcast-related, life advice, comments, concerns. It should be fun. I'll post that episode on the actual anniversary of the show, which is August 9th, apparently. I thought it was the 10th, but that first episode technically came out on the 9th. And don't worry, this won't conflict with the schedule. There'll be a regular episode following that one on the 10th. That's all I got for now. Come meet me in another 10 days for more soft course gum baggery. Peace.